right, here we are back for another episode of the Game Grow Retained podcast. And today, uh, this is Jay, by the way, Jeff is not with me on this one, but uh, we have a very special guest, Michael Cooksey from Qualtrics. How's it going today, Michael? Hi there. I'm doing great. How are you today? I'm doing well. It's early where you are. You're you're in Washington State? Yes, that is correct. I'm based in Seattle, uh, where it is 7.15 a.m., but thanks to the ubiquitous amounts of coffee that flow through the veins of Seattle, I am awake and ready to, to go and ready to charge and have this conversation. Awesome. Well, I'm excited about it, too. This has been a long time coming. So Michael is relatively yep. new to Qualtrics, but um, not new to communities. And so we're going to talk about customer success and community and uh, what he's been doing there at that uh, at that company here for the past several months. Um, But before we jump in, Michael, why don't you do a quick introduction, uh, let everybody know who you are and your role, and then um, I got a a question for you. Okay, yeah. Well, my name is Michael Cooksey. Uh, My last name is spelled just like it sounds, C-O-O-K-S-E-Y. Everybody always asks me, how do you spell that? That's such a weird last name. So I feel compelled to spell it and explain it every time I introduce myself. Um, I've been with Qualtrics since March of this year, uh, but I am not new to the community space or brand community space. I have spent uh, virtually my entire professional career in the world of online communities in some capacity or another. Um, I fell into the world of tech and online communities rather accidentally, um, but that first job I got was really a pivotal role for me. I managed to meet a great group of people who really fostered my growth in the space. And my career was uh, able to move forward in the way it did, thanks in large part to those connections from that first job I had. Um, I was lucky enough to uh, land at a a small startup uh, called Slide. And uh, I really didn't know much about tech. I was living in San Francisco and I knew that I didn't want to be a teacher anymore. And it turned out that that first tech company was run by Max Levchin, the founder of PayPal. And it was a a small enough company that we all had enough uh, contact with Max that we were able to really learn uh, from one of the greatest um, Silicon Valley veterans and titans that there is. So that, that first initial experience I had was a great boot camp uh, in the in the most positive of ways. Um, and now here I am many years later running community at Qualtrics. Wow. I didn't know you had that connection to Max Luchin. So technically you're part of the PayPal mafia then. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Possibly. <laughs> you're, cl- you're close enough to it. That, that's close cool. enough to it. Yes, exactly. Awesome. Man, what a, what a cool deal. And so interesting that you were a teacher before. There's a lot of teachers coming into the technology world right now and so mm-hmm. i think a lot of them listen to this podcast as well so your 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 story will certainly resonate there okay i got an icebreaker question for you real quick and then we're going to dive right. into the beat all right so jeopardy you know the show jeopardy everybody absolutely god rest his soul alex back um if, if there was a if you were on jeopardy and there was a category that popped up and you're just going to crush it what would that category be for you uh classical music Oh, wow. Did you study that? For 1600, please. (laughs) (laughs) Did you study that in school? Yes. I, uh, outside of my, my regular work day, I'm a musician. Um, so don't tell anybody at Qualtrics, but I largely (laughs) work to, uh, fund my classical music addiction. Uh, it's one of my motivators. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Go ahead. I cut you off. 
No, no, no. It's 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 uh, classical music was just an app that I was born with pre-installed. I, I can't explain it. Uh, nobody else in my family is a musician, but I've always been obsessed with it. And so um, I'm lucky enough now to live in a city like Seattle that has a fantastic classical music scene. So uh, all of my paychecks can be sent directly across the street to Benaroya Hall, where the Seattle Symphony is located. We can see the symphony from our Qualtrics office because they're just right across the street. So So do you play the piano or another instrument? I play flute and bassoon. Flute and bassoon. Awesome. My daughter is a flute, a flautist. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so we we have a lot of flute music wafting through the the air in our house as well. That's oh, nice. very very cool. I'm I'm also a musician, but I would classify myself as very much amateur. So you see the guitar hanging behind. I do me. see, I do see I, the guitar. Yeah, yeah. I've been playing for 30 years, but I always tell people I got I sort of hit my peak three years after I started. So it's all been sort of plateau from there. But I still enjoy it immensely. I'm I'm sure you have tremendous guitar skills if you've been playing for that long. The thing about the guitar is you can go for a very long time without learning a lick of music theory. <laughs> so um, I did that for a very long time and it's started to increase my skills over the past couple of years. So. Guitar is a very difficult instrument. People don't realize it. It's a very difficult instrument. Well, you know, when you're when you're 13, and you're learning how to play and you're like jamming on Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Allison Chains. Uh-huh. You, you can you can get by with just a handful of chords and it's awesome. So, yeah. Well, cool. I'm glad to know we have that connection now. That that's really that's really yeah. Good. That's great. Um, so let's talk about Qualtrics in the community there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the what are the goals? How do you think about the goals of community at Qualtrics? Um, well, that's a really easy question for me to answer. Um, we at Qualtrics, one of our values is being customer obsessed. Uh, first and foremost, everything we do is in service of the customer. So the goal of the community is uh, first and foremost to serve the customer, to meet the customer's needs, uh, to find them where they are in terms of their journey, um, building Qualtrics knowledge and building their expertise and making sure that they have all the resources available to them that they could possibly need in order to be successful. So setting customers up for success and setting our community members up for success is job number one. There's there's no question about that. Is that so um, structurally then, how do you, where does, where does community fit in the organization so that it can have, that's a broad impact, right? A very, yeah, yeah. very broad remit. Mm-hmm. Um, Where does it sit within the organization to have the kind of impact that everyone envisions for it? You know what? I'm really I'm glad you're asking that question, because that tells me it's not super obvious, which is exactly the experience we want our customers to have. I don't want anyone to come to the Qualtrics community and feel like, oh, I'm here and now I'm in this bucket or I'm in this segment or category. We want the community to be truly uh, cross-platform, cross-product, digital success tool. And so that question tells me that we're actually doing our job. If people can't immediately identify what what part or what department am I in or, or where does this sit within the whole Qualtrics ecosystem? We want everyone to feel welcome on the Qualtrics platform, no matter what product you're using or pl- what element of the, the platform you're using. We have many, many offerings and people use our tools in many different ways around the world, and we want everyone to feel welcome. Um, so from an outsider perspective, uh, I'm, I don't want people to necessarily know where we sit, but internally, I can tell you, we sit at the crossroads of digital success, 
customer success and support. I think those are the three main pillars that that support our work. Um, and then, of course, it spiders out from there. We have technical account managers. We have customer success reps. We have frontline support. All of those people um, impact the community in their work um, every day. And it, everything rolls up into that mission uh, across all of those teams into being customer uh, obsessed and supporting the customer first and foremost as job number one. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And I think if you look at the history of communities, especially in larger organizations, they they often tend to be what I would call like a support, a support deflection tactic, right? Which is a great use case for a community, but it misses so much yeah. in terms of the opportunity because we, we, we as um, you all are a recurring revenue business. Most of the people that listen to this podcast are in SaaS companies or platform as a service companies where they're really fighting to maintain that customer relationship over the long yeah. term. There's a lot of yeah. other use cases that that benefit the absolutely. The and I, I I totally understand where the question is coming from, and I don't mean in any way to insinuate you don't know what you're doing or the question was, uh, you know, not informed. I, I totally understand the motivation behind the question because I know from my experience, sometimes community is part of marketing. Sometimes it's part of social. Everybody has a different experience. I've worked at companies where community was its own department, uh, and, and that was a real treat. Um, so I totally understand where the question is coming from, and I know a lot of folks who are listening to this are probably part of a marketing org or, or part of a support org or maybe even part of a, a social org, um, especially now working in constrained times. There are companies that are working with very constrained budgets um, and not a lot of people, unfortunately, understand the importance of community and the value of community. And so often community can be um, one of the first uh, chess pieces to be shuttled off or moved elsewhere when companies start reorging or uh, moving things around. So um, at at Qualtrics, everybody understands the the importance of community. And we really sit at a crossroads that is extremely interdisciplinary. Um, I I can't even list off all the the, the huge number of teams that we work with at Qualtrics across the board. It's really, um, it's been such a treat to be head of community at Qualtrics and know we have the full support of our UX research team, our product team, uh, our frontline support teams, our global ops teams. It's, um, there's there's no shortage of support for community at Qualtrics, which is huge. Yeah, that, that's what I want to dig into that a little bit more because I think there's a, a scalability story that goes well beyond this, the support use case but it, it, into every one of the departments that you just mentioned. But I think a lot of people that I interact with are especially if they don't have a community yet are trying to figure out okay like who should like where should i start like who who should who should be running this thing right now and where do we put it what are the costs so you've been in those kind of situations yep. as well even prior to to Qualtrics so how do you what advice would you give folks who are thinking about launching community as a strategy to retain and and scale while doing it um how how do you get going with this you know, it's funny you ask that question. I am I am such a community nerd. I was up walking my dog at 6 a.m. this morning, and I was thinking about this exact question. I promise you, it was on my mind uh, because I was reflecting on past experiences where we have st- stood up communities from scratch um, and, and how you start. And I think the best 
analogy or metaphor that I can give anybody who's in that situation is, you know, there are a hundred ways to make an apple pie and every recipe is going to be different depending on what your desired outcome is. And you experiment through tweaking and modifying the recipes, modifying the ingredients, modifying the when and how the pie is baked, cooked, served, made. So depending on what your end goals are and what you want the end customer experience to be, that's actually where you should start when thinking about building your community. Don't think about yourself. Don't think about any of your end goals. Think about what is the job the customer needs done. That's the primary goal of any community that wants to be successful and then build your way backward from there. So can can you can you give a little bit more concrete example of what that could look like on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, absolutely. Well, for in the in the example of the the Qualtrics community, we are primarily a peer-to-peer uh, digital support community. And so our job is to facilitate creating an environment in which people feel comfortable asking questions and being vulnerable around how to use the product because the product is actually very, very complex. And so our job is to make sure that we create a community ecosystem that supports that growth, that allows that um that garden to thrive, if you will, if I were to throw in another metaphor there. Um, so we we do things like regular moderation activities. We uh, develop very close relationships with our community members. I feel that that's extremely important for the success of any community. We pay very close attention to the types of questions that they're asking so that we can surface those answers uh, better, more quickly, more easily. And we also highlight our customers through programs like Community Connect, which is a program I've launched since I've been at Qualtrics. Community Connect is a program that brings together Qualtrics customers and Qualtrics leaders to talk about uh, topics like customer experience, user experience, how customers are using Qualtrics to solve real world problems. So that's that's how that manifests in our day to day is by creating an ecosystem and environment where people feel free to ask questions and support one another. And then also developing those personal relationships with community members uh, as much as we possibly can. And that's proven to be very successful. I can't obviously share all of our success metrics with the audience. I would love to, but um I, I can say that our efforts have been quite successful and we've we've absolutely delivered on what we set out to do, which is, again, serve the customer first and foremost. It, the, yeah. And, and those are the things like ser- serving the customer, customer success is a very indirect way of winning. Right. And that's what customer success is like. You you help the customer achieve their goal and they're going to take care of you on the back end, a by yes. signing your contract again next year, but also by being an advocate, sharing references, absolutely being there when you need them. So it's interesting that you mentioned relationships with members. Um, when Jeff and I, I don't know, do you know, I don't know if you know Jeff yet. I don't, I feel like we've crossed paths before, but I bet you have, he, yeah. he's, he was my partner in crime and launching the game very retain community of which this podcast is just a piece. Uh, but it's for customer success leaders. And one of the things that we really used as a mantra as we were building the community out was do things that don't scale. So you mentioned member relationships and mm-hmm. you know, we, we have 
countless calls with people in our community to try to understand what their needs are, what, what problems they're facing that have nothing to do with the products that Hyrologic sells, which is a company we work for. Um, and, and it gives us this connection to the market that's sort of intangible, but also irreplaceable yeah. um, in terms of insights and, and really access to people that we, we really wanna be working with and learning from. So you mentioned having relationships with individual that's members. Nice. What does that look like in, in the Qualtrics community world? Uh, in our world, we um, we are very hands-on with the community. So the Qualtrics community is obviously a very large community because of the scale of our company and how prolific our product use is across all regions of the world. Um, one thing I can tell you, a fun fact I can tell you is that our community is truly global because in 2021, we had six page views from Antarctica. So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know how many communities can brag that they've had, you know, page views from Antarctica. So I don't know if it was researchers studying penguins or penguins studying the researchers. But uh, in, in some way, uh, Qualtrics was in the community were being used in, in Antarctica. So. The reason we know that is because we are extremely hands-on. I, I get an email every time someone posts on the community and I look at every post and my team monitors every post. And uh, we plan to continue doing that uh, as much as we can until we have the technology that will allow us to um, automate that process a bit more as we grow and as we scale given the size of our team, that's not necessarily going to be feasible long-term. But because we look at and monitor all of these customer posts and interactions, we've gotten to know who our so-called frequent flyers are. We know who, who's answering the most questions. We know who's digging in into certain categories. We know what's important to certain people because we know, for example, they work in public sector, or we know, for example, that they're consultants working to set up Qualtrics for other companies. So we've gotten to know them in that regard, and we've invited them into our house through the Community Connect series, which I mentioned before. I should probably explain that is a live virtual uh, spotlight series. It's essentially uh, an interview similar to this one that takes place on Zoom. And we talk to the customers and interview them about how they're using Qualtrics for success because the research shows, and, and I believe this to be true as well, customers will tend to trust another customer at a rate of 75% higher uh, then they will trust uh, an employee of the company. I'm not sure if I'm explaining that in a way that makes sense at 7.30 in the morning, but I, I actually did the research. <laughs> I, I collected a lot of academic research uh, over the years about brand communities, and the research shows that customers will trust other customers at a rate of 75% more um, than they will a fellow employee uh, or an employee of the company. So if I say something about the Qualtrics community, maybe that carries some weight with some people. But if another customer says, listen, you've got to join the Qualtrics community, it's fantastic. They are much more likely to join the community because of that um, referral. And that referral comes from 
the core of your question, developing a relationship with your customers. And I will say there are also, there are also for people who are extremely business minded and, uh, you know, dollar sign minded, there are actual uh, tangible benefits that come with building those relationships. Uh, one of the things that you get out of relationships is loyalty. And that loyalty translates into product loyalty for the long term, because those customers have relationships with you and they trust you and they know you and they feel like they're a part of the community. And you and I have spoken before about uh, a seminal study that was conducted by the University of Michigan in 2015 mm -hmm. that shows brand community members are more likely to spend 25% uh, more than the average customer um, over the overall lifetime value of being a, a customer of your company because they feel that product loyalty. So customers who are part of your online community will spend 25% more than customers who are not. And uh, I can't divulge the statistics at Qualtrics, but um, what I can tell you is that we have found that actually to be on the low side. Wow. So building those relationships with your community and really digging in and getting to know them, like you said, participating in those unscalable activities are really, really important. And people don't always realize how that translates in the end. Um, and I know that a lot of community managers and community leaders like, like me, um, I've been in positions in the past. Uh, it's not necessarily true of Qualtrics, but in the past, I've been uh, a part of organizations where leaders really just wanted to see the money. How does the community translate into money? Show us, show us where the revenue is coming in. And it's, it's, it, it can be quantified and you can look at it in a scientific manner. Um, but if you, if you go too far down that road, you risk um, losing the magic of online communities. Yeah. I mean, it's no different than marketing in that regard, right? I mean, we all know that brand marketing helps drive awareness of our businesses, but at the end of the day, attribution is super difficult. It's yeah. unclear. It's imprecise by nature. And you essentially have to have to work on belief, right? With, with some empirical data, data points, stories that underpin it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, we all never get away from ROI either. Right. On this, and I know you don't, and and you know we hear about this constantly from from our customers looking to prove the value of of what they're doing. And by the way, customer success teams have been in that mode for for years, yep. right? Because often there's not a direct correlation; it's a reduction of churn potentially, right? And then there's uh, the, the the potential of expansion on top of that. But how do you how do you quantify that and really prove it out? I think is is something that leaders in customer success and community need need to do need to work on over time just to prove yeah. the value of that i fully agree and um you know we're lucky at, enough at qualtrics that we actually have already done the data homework <laughs> and we have proven that customers uh adopt and expand at a far higher rate when they're part of the qualtrics xm community compared to customers who are not part of the Qualtrics community. I personally, as a community leader, don't like to get too involved in the, um, the money discussions around community. <laughs> I fully understand why company leaders want to. They want to see the ROI. They want to make sure that the programming that they're spending money on is working. Um, but I think once you, that's a dark path to go down. And if you, if you, 
focus overly too much on that topic, just as a, a, a warning for other community managers who are in that position where they're being put um, under the microscope or maybe pressure is being applied to them to show the ROI. Yes, you should absolutely do it. Do the academic research like I did, but um, don't let leaders drag you too far down that monetization road because then your community stops being a community of people and it starts turning into something you don't necessarily want it to be. Yeah. It's not meant to be a lead generation channel, although it can serve that if you do it correctly, which is to do everything, but try to generate leads. Absolutely. It's it's like the, like the opposite of what you think. Yeah. It relational selling. That's exactly what it is. I can tell you, I, uh, um, I'm a dinosaur. I've been around for a while. <laughs> I, a uh, long time ago, I, before I went, while I was in college, I had a job at, uh, this was back in the day when people still had travel agents and people went to bookstores and actually bought paper books and things like that. Oh, wow. uh, to see you have actual books behind you. Yeah, yeah, these are real. That's not a zoom background. Actually, those real. are not props. Those are real <laughs> books. It's not like Ikea. Um, I worked at a store that sold travel guidebooks and they also had a travel agency in the store and then they started selling luggage and it was a very small local chain where I was at the time and the owner's son was very hands-on and he said, we are now selling this expensive luggage and I, I don't want to name the brand because I don't want to advertise for the brand, but all of you now have a sales goal. And I was freaking out. I had never sold anything in my life beyond just recommending a book to somebody. Maybe they buy it, maybe they don't. Now, all of a sudden, I have to ask people to drop a ton of money on this luggage. I felt so uncomfortable doing it, and but we had to do it. And I just approached it unknowingly at the time by building relationships with the people. Instead of trying to sell them on all of the plus points of the luggage that they had drilled into us, for example, the type of fabric, the zippers, the the lining, everything, et cetera. Right, all of the plus points. Instead of focusing on that, I just focused on the customer and asked them, well, where are you going? How long are you going to be there? And then I ended up by accident being the number one luggage seller. at this store and people were like how do you do it teach us your ways how how are you selling so much luggage and I, I at the time I said I honestly don't know I really don't know what I'm doing but in hindsight I'm able to identify I was building relationships with these people I wasn't treating them like uh, a lead or a potential conversion I was treating them like real humans and that absolutely translates to the world of online communities as well and what we're talking about which is selling sometimes People talk about social selling as it relates to social media and things like that. Um, And I fully agree with what you said before. Communities should not be treated like a lead list or a lead gen uh, machine. These are communities of people who have specific needs that need to be met. And by meeting those needs and developing relationships with them, the rest of what you hope to achieve will be a natural outflow. Wow. Michael, if you haven't written that story down, you should write it. That's a, really, <laughs> it's a very, very cool story. And I think it's one of my favorite books is it's actually called The Sales Acceleration Formula is written by Mark Roberge from he was the first I think he was the first CRO at HubSpot. And that was their whole 
thing, not only for their business, but they were teaching the whole industry how to how to market that way, right? Give value first and then accept leads inbound in return. <laughs> right? Right, right. The other thing I was thinking of when you um were talking, there's a there's a Gartner study out there that says 75% of the selling process or the the buying process for, for technology has already taken place by the time. A company interacting with you. And so if you've taken those steps to provide value, to give before you get, to, to teach people about the, the problem that they're trying to solve, then they're going to be more inclined to, to want to work with you anyway. So this is a concept to me that goes way beyond just community. Community is it's sort of the underpinning of how, how you how you might do it. But this yeah. is, I think, what the future of business is. It 100% is. At 100%. This, I, be, I firmly believe the sales funnel is dead. There is no sales funnel. The sales funnel is now yeah. some crazy parabola drawn in the stars uh, and on the digital superhighway because everybody is doing all of the research they need to do well in advance before they even knock on your front door. It is no longer... Uh, required that you get in touch with a salesperson to learn about the product. You can do all of that on your own. Um, and that's what I think most people do nowadays. Yeah. Uh, it's not like the old days where you walk into a car dealership and somebody tells you about all the plus points of this car and hands you a brochure and things like that. You've already done most of that research by the time you get to the door. Um, and community is a part of that. It absolutely is a part of that. It's a window into what is it going to be like doing business with this company? And um, if if you've got your house in order and you have a a very public community like we have, um, it can also help drive those results as well. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about how the community team interacts with other teams at Qualtrics and, and maybe more generally, like one of the trends that I see, I talk to a lot of customer success people every week, talk to customer success people. And one of the things you you hear frequently when you talk to CS people is, um, yeah, we have a community, but we're not, the CS team isn't too engaged with it. So we don't have to go into specifics about how this works at Qualtrics, but what do you think, uh, what role should community and customer success be playing together because they to me they don't seem like two different concepts no i think i think they are peanut butter and chocolate uh, <laughs> maybe i'm still stuck on how a couple of weeks ago <clears throat> um i i i see what i see as part of the future is not necessarily customer success or looking at uh, community success, but overall digital success. Uh, I think digital success solutions, digital success tools uh, is the proper nomenclature that we should all be using to talk about the work that we do. I think it's, un- and I'm willing to be on the controversial side of this topic, but I am not a fan of the word com- community. I'm just generally not a fan of the word community. I don't okay. think it carries the gravitas and the weight that it needs to. Community is a digital success tool just like any other that you might use. And I think that sometimes people hear the word community and they think of something that's maybe not as mature or maybe that doesn't sound serious enough. But community is... It, 
110% your primary digital success tool. And it's always been that way. And I think what we're seeing now, especially in these constrained times when companies are going very lean and looking at different ways to support customers, they're trying to stand up communities as quickly as they can. Yeah. Um, I anecdotally can tell you that I have gotten more job leads in my LinkedIn inbox than I've ever gotten in my career just in the last quarter because people see the macroeconomic conditions that are happening around the world. And so they're focusing on digital support solutions um, so that they can refer customers to a digital first or even digital only experience if need be. And at Qualtrics specifically, it's uh, everybody is involved in making the soup. I work very closely with our UX team. I work very closely with our product team and, and product managers. I work very closely with the support team. I work closely with our customer success teams. Um, there are very few groups I don't interact with, uh, maybe finance, maybe legal, <laughs> but you know, we're, re we're really lucky at Qualtrics that we take such a human point of view when it comes to doing business. And so if you ask the question, you know, what is the intersection of community and how does that, what, how does that play out at Qualtrics? It's really, um, it's Sesame Street and everybody's involved. And um, I'm really, really pleased that Qualtrics takes that view. Yeah, it, I, I love that perspective too. That that community is a digital success tool to drive customer success at large. I think you know a lot of times you again going back to the support metaphor, you you hear about that, but then there and that's a it's a one to it's still a one to one way of solving a problem, right? Or you hear it in the context of self service and ability to find an answer on your own, and a lot of times companies might look at that or even customers of your company might look at that and say, well, they're just trying to not talk to me, but the, you know, this, this whole digital success mindset um, also goes to doing things in a one to many way where you, you mentioned you know, some office hours kind of settings earlier. Mm -hmm. um, how, how does that factor in? What does that, what does that look like in, in more detail relative to what, what you might see on a self-service basis? Yeah. Well, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's completely fair to say, if I'm looking at Michael building a relationship with, let's say, Jane on the XM community, and I'm seeing that they're having a one-to-one -one interaction, that absolutely can look like a one-to-one -one interaction. But if I'm coming to the community and also benefiting from that interaction, um, uh, in an indirect manner, that is also a one-to-many interaction yeah. because others are seeing that relationship building being modeled out um, right in front of them. And so people automatically feel more included and more involved. And even if they don't have that direct relationship with us yet, they see it being built with other community members. And so they realize this is not just a community of bots who are um, automatically populating answers based on technology. These are real people who are answering questions and helping helping each other. Um, so I see that the the one to one approach influences the one to many approach as well, just by modeling out the sort of behaviors that you want 
the rest of your team to to model and also the behaviors that you want your community to model. Um, if I can brag for just 30 seconds about our community for yeah. uh, for a brief moment, um, we were doing a customer spotlight interview recently, and one of the community members said something that I uh, did not expect. And he said, one of the things I love about the Qualtrics community is that everybody is so um, nice and helpful and wanting wanting you to be successful and they want to see you succeed. There are other communities out there that can be very toxic and people will say, well, why don't you just Google it? Or uh, you, you use the incorrect version of your in your question or something along those lines, just really snarky sort of answers. And he said, what I love about Qualtrics is there's none of that. No one has ever told me, hey, go Google it. Or did you try searching the community first? Everybody is extremely civil, extremely helpful, wants to build a relationship with you. And um, the brag, I guess, is I that's something that I've tried to instill in my community community team, modeling the behaviors that we want to see on the community. And that will bleed through to how community members interact with one another as well. I've I've been a part of communities in the past, brand communities and others where things could get very toxic very quickly or sort of things could get out of hand depending on the the, the, the topic of the moment. And we're really lucky at Qualtrics that that's not the case. We have a very positive, very helpful collegial community. That that's an interesting topic, and I think it's one that um, you often hear leaders who don't have a community yet will will sort of use that as a or it's a key question that they have is what I should say there. Like, what if it goes toxic? How do we handle that? Have, mm-hmm. Do you have experience, you know, pivoting away from that kind of environment? <laughs> oh yes, yes I do. Uh, this we could do a whole other episode on this topic. It's yeah. uh, there's a lot to talk about there. I really and truly the best advice I can give people is model the behavior you want to see. Mm. Set healthy boundaries with your community members. Um, you cannot be everything to everyone all the time, no matter how hard you try. There are times where I have to say no to certain requests, or I have to set healthy boundaries with community members. Um, But I just keep coming back to modeling the behavior I want to see. If if I want to take us full circle, it goes back to me being a teacher before I was a, a community leader. You know, it's those same sort of classroom principles that I used to uh, enact um, from my teaching days. I I really. I never thought my master's in teaching would get me anywhere, but it has been the perfect setup for being a community uh, manager because really so much of what we do is teaching and not just through practical, this is how you do X, Y, Z sort of methodology, but also how we interact with communities. We are teaching you about our values through the interactions that we have. Yeah. So cool, man. Um, Back on the, you said something a couple of minutes ago that I wanted to dig into, and I know we're running short on time here, but you talked about one-to-one interactions, driving one-to-many interactions. And one of the one of the ways that um, I think you see that play out is with something I call scaled, scaled customer success programs, which is, hey, if we're answering a certain type of request or helping with a certain issue over and over and over, maybe we need to build a program around that. Maybe there's a webinar series or a content series that's geared towards solving that problem so that I can then solve it once for all my customers on a, on a more 
regimented and higher quality basis than having my CSMs talk to that issue over and over and over again on calls. Um, any, anything, does that resonate with you? And, and have you, have you seen that kind of, uh, that kind of thing sprout out of the community engagement model? Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. We, we have a lot of listening posts, um, set up at Qualtrics, not just through the community, but also embedded within the product, um, embedded within our interactions with customers. And we are we work very, very closely with our product teams through the product ideas category on our community. If we see the same idea or the same suggestion being mentioned over and over and over again and upvoted and upvoted. We absolutely work with our product teams to make sure that they are seeing and receiving that feedback properly. And we give them all the data we can so that they can act on that feedback and actually deliver what customers want. And we do that as well through our our one-to-one interactions just on the community. If I see a question popping up over and over again, I will post a, a, a video from our Accelerate team from Basecamp that shows you how to do XYZ in three easy steps and then surface that post so that people can see it more often, make sure it's tagged properly, make sure that it, it gets the, um, the traffic that it needs. Um, so we, yes, we absolutely take advantage of those listening posts. And when we see repeated questions or repeated suggestions, we absolutely act on them. Very cool. Well, Michael, it's been a real pleasure to, to talk through this with you in, in more detail and um, would love folks if, if they want to be able to find you. Is there is there a place that they should go to do that? Yeah, you, I, well, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um and you can find me on the Qualtrics community and you're welcome to email me too. Um, I don't mind that at all. My email is mcooksey, C-O-O-K-S-E-Y at qualtrics.com. I love nerding out about communities. I love making connections with fellow community members. So please email me or find me on LinkedIn and we can continue the conversation. Awesome. Thanks for, for taking the time to do it. And just so you know, I have problems with my last name too, because it's actually a first name. Uh, <laughs> people get that confused all the time. So I identify with, with the challenging last name there, but all right, it was great to chat with you. And, uh, and I know that folks are going to love uh, hearing, hearing this particular episode and, and learning more about community. Thank you so much. Hey, everybody. Jay here. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. You know, this started as a labor of love for Jeff and I a couple of years ago, and it's really turned into a movement around customer success and community, and we couldn't be more thrilled to be a part of it. Uh, we grow this by word of mouth, so we'd, we'd love it if you're willing and you find value in what you hear on this podcast. Leave us a rating or a review on, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It'll help us grow and, and provide value to more customer success professionals. Also, if you haven't yet Yet, please sign up for Gain, Grow, Retain, the online community. It's gaingrowretain.com. You can meet other people, make one-on-one connections, share ideas, get ideas, grow your career ultimately. Um, be on the lookout also for live events, both in-person and virtual this year. We're excited to get back to that. And thanks for being part of the community. We look forward to talking to you soon.